Good. Well, let's find out who's here. How many are here? All right. Well, some of you are not here. You didn't raise your hand. Uh, okay. It's hard to preach to people that are not here. Uh, but I'm glad you're here. Thank God. I, I believe most people came back tonight. Uh, you didn't want to lie, did you? Oh, <laughs> uh, well, anyway. Uh, good to see you tonight. I'm so glad you're here. And uh, I'm glad God's here. Amen. He said, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in their midst. Uh, I hope you'll pray uh, for the Bryans. Brother Brian was just up here a little bit ago, uh, missionary to Mexico many, many years ago. Let's see, good night. It's, it's been a long time, uh, Brother Brian, when you all came by the house at the ranch up there in Montana on their way to devitation, get down to Mexico. And uh, we have prayed for them faithfully. If you were to go to my home tonight and go to my prayer closet, you'd see the Bryans up there. Just prayed for them this week uh, there in the prayer closet. Uh, now, please understand, these folks operate right under the nose of the drug cartel. Same town. So before you pillow your head at night, say, Lord, protect the Bryans. And of course, there's others there also, but uh, pray, pray for your missionaries. Uh, I, I really believe with all of my heart the reason so many missionaries are coming home that we're not praying for them. We're not praying for them. Uh, you know, you, you take a little old lady that just loves her husband. They get up and go to the mission field. Uh, and they get over there and there's cockroaches this long. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a pony galloping uh, when they take off at night, you know. You, you throw the light on it. Uh, and, uh, and this little old lady's supposed to say, bless God. <laughs> now, we've had them write and say, Brother Williams, Williams, pray about these cockroaches. One missionary's wife, she said, Brother Williams, you know, a while back, we started to go to bed, and I, I looked down on our pillar uh, that we lay on, and there was a spider this big. Uh, you know, that'll give you a nightmare if you're not real careful. Uh, and uh, they, they go through so many things. Uh, just pray for them. Pray for them. It's not just we need to pray the gospel to get out but pray that God will give them the grace to just stay. Amen. Just stay. Amen. Uh, and uh, so many missionaries coming home. Uh, five missionaries go to the field today. After five years and four, four and a half years, when they come home on furlough, only four of those families ever return. We're about out of the mission business. We really are. The average age of a missionary tonight is 59 years of age. That's the average. Uh, South Korea sends more missionaries than America does. Think about it. There's families right here that spend more on dog food than you give to missions. Huh? Yeah, I'm telling you the truth. Uh, get your heart right. Get your heart right. Give to missions. Give to missions. Uh, I, I'm not going to tell you how much Ms. Williams and I give, but, but I want you to know we give to missions. Uh, and uh, you, you tonight uh, need to lock in on that. Uh, and uh, the, uh, you know, did, did you ever read John 14 for just exactly what it says? People think Christ went to heaven and built some mansions. He didn't. They were already there. He said, in my father's house or what? The mansions were there. He said, I go to prepare a place for you. One fellow got to heaven and he said, Lord, I, 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 I just want to see my mansion. I want to see my mansion. And he said, no, I, I want to show you some things over here. No, no, Lord, you don't understand. I want to see my mansion. And he kept on with that. And the Lord said, well, okay. 
and they crossed down Hallelujah Avenue and came back on an alley down there. And, and uh, here is a little old hut with a door swinging on some leather hinges. And he said, Lord, is this a joke? No, sir. He said, we bought material with everything you sent. Huh? What kind of house would you have in heaven if your money you gave to God's work had to pay for it? Huh? You know, God gave his all. He gave his son. He gave his son, the Lord Jesus Christ, the lamb slain from before the foundation of the world. Uh, and uh, you going to grind? You know, two guys were sitting in church and the preacher said, well, we're going to take another offering. And he turned to his buddy and he said, we, we, we have to give again? And his friend said, well, you can quit giving as soon as God does. You want God to quit giving? No? Huh? No, I promise you, you don't. Because he gives you the breath to breathe right now. He gives you the strength to walk in here tonight. You know, he's going to give you safety going on. You owe God a lot. That's okay. Now, okay. Well, pray for the Bryans. Uh, pray for Mexico. It's a mess down there. I mean, a mess. And uh, I've got so many missionaries that I pray for in Mexico. Uh, and uh, one of the great ones went home this past year. That's Brother Mike Patterson. <laughs> And uh, went home to glory. Uh, and uh, just went in there and laid down. And when uh, Miss Patterson went to get him, he was gone. What a way to go, huh? Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, okay. <laughs> anyway. Uh, well, uh, boy, the Lord is really something, isn't he? I've been asking the Lord all afternoon, what do you want me to preach tonight? I, so many things I'd like to preach. And he said, preach Jesus. Amen. Just preach Jesus. And the choir director got up and led that song, you know, Christ. <laughs> yeah, just Christ. Amen, 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 amen. Well, uh, uh, this is a good Sunday night crowd, but it'd be a poor Monday night crowd. Amen? Huh? I said it'd be a poor Monday night crowd. Tomorrow night we ought to have to add chairs. Huh? Cut night, what's wrong with you? Can't you believe God could bring enough people tomorrow night that we'd have to add chairs? Did you know, drive by a mule corral, that's what they do. They shake their heads. <laughs> uh, I never forget a little black boy standing up in Michigan one night in a testimony meeting. And he said, I ain't no whiz, but all I is, is his. Amen. Can't get any better than that, brother. Can't get any better than that. Why don't you just sell out everything to God tonight and not worry, okay? I think I'll just preach, okay? Amen, amen. All right, take your Bible and turn with us tonight to the book of Matthew, uh, the book of Matthew. And I hope that... Uh, uh, tonight, you, if, I, if I say something kind of crosses you a little bit, uh, would you look and see if I told you the truth? Uh, all right. Uh, and uh, so the Lord Jesus Christ is the eternal, everlasting Son of God. He is God the Son. Uh, and uh, uh, he thought it not robbery to be equal with his Father but made himself of no reputation, took upon himself the form of a servant, and became obedient to death, even the death of the cross. And you see, cursed is every man that hangeth on a tree. 
When, when they nailed him to that tree, he was under a curse for our sins. Uh, and uh, so tonight, as we look at the Savior, uh, I want you to see his greatness. Uh, I want you to see his glory uh, and uh, love him, love him and listen to him. He gave us some instructions. Uh, uh, most people don't pray much because they don't know how to pray. They don't know how to pray. Lord Jesus said, us, said in John 14, and then over in John 16, verse 23, he said, henceforth ask me nothing. You don't pray to Jesus. He said not to. Henceforth, ask me nothing. You know who he wants you to pray to? The Father. The Father. He said that. He said it in Matthew. He said, pray to the Father. And when the apostles asked him, how do we pray like you? He said, pray like this. Our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. He wants you to pray to the Father. Uh, you know where he is tonight? He's sitting at the right hand of the Father. And you know what he's busy about? Interceding. Yeah, the devil still goes to heaven. Read that in the book of Job, chapter 1, chapter 2. Satan went to heaven. Said the angels of God came to home to heaven and Satan came among them. He's still going to heaven and he's still accusing somebody. You don't, don't you think there's a devil tonight? You better think that. You better think that. Don't be like the two little boys talking. One of them said, you believe in the devil? He said, nah. He said, probably just like Santa Claus turned out to be daddy. Uh, you know. Uh, <laughs> no, there's a devil. Right. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, he don't wear a red suit. He don't have horns. He doesn't have a pitchfork tail. He doesn't have cloven hooves. He is one good looking fellow. Look at him. He's on television every Sunday. He's got a Bible that's half true. He says just enough good things that you don't realize it. Yeah. yeah. The devil is a liar. Has been from the beginning, Jesus said. He's a liar. He's a liar. Call him a liar. That's what he is. Yeah, uh, and uh, so tonight, listen to the Lord Jesus. He wants you to pray to the Father in his name. You know, the greatest thing Christ ever did for you and me was to give us his name to go to the Father with. And now with his name, we can get right into the throne of grace. Amen. Right into the throne of grace. Oh, what a wonderful, I tell him every night before I go to sleep, thank you for giving us your name so we could go to the Father. Amen. Oh, I hope you get a hold of that. That's how he said pray. How do you want us to pray? I want you to say this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Oh, he is so great. And I'm not, look at the book of Matthew, would you tonight in chapter 12, the book of Matthew and uh, chapter 12. <clears throat> and the scripture says here uh, in uh, Matthew and uh, chapter 12, and he's declaring uh, who he is and uh, straightening out the, the Jewish nation. And he needs to straighten us out on uh, some things also. And in the 12th chapter uh, of the book of Matthew and in uh, verse 6, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 6. But I say unto you that in this place is one greater than the temple. The temple was everything to the Jew. I mean everything to the Jew. Oh, they wanted to be in the temple. The apostles wanted to be in the temple. They taught in the temple. They preached in the temple. They prayed in the temple. And in the Jewish order, you'll find men like Zechariah, the father of John the Baptist. And he has a set time that he has to go in there and pray. There was prayer going on 24 hours a day. Can you imagine a church tonight where every single hour of every single day, somebody is praying. 
Somebody's praying, oh, what it would be. And then David arranged, while he was king, that they would sing all day. 24 hours a day they sang. They had a shift that sang eight hours, another one, the third one, until the next shift came on again. And they sang 24 hours a day. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. You know, and, and sometime, I know in Denver, Colorado, in Dr. Ed Nelson's church, we thought, well, well, let's read the Bible over the weekend. And that's what we did. We read 72 hours from the Bible. The whole Bible. You can read the whole Bible in 72 hours. 72 hours, you can read the Bible. I'm not talking about speed reading. I'm just talking about reading it. And you ought to want to read it. You ought to want to read it. Uh, you, you know, people say, Brother Williams, you preach a lot about the Old Testament. Let me tell you, Christ is in the Old Testament. Yeah, they loved him. They believed he was coming. We believe he has come. They believed he was coming. Then we believe he came. He came just as sure as they said he was coming. We believe he came and he did. And he said to the Jewish nation, there's one here greater than the temple. Man, that was quite a statement. I mean, that just crushed the Jews instantly. Their, their worship of the temple and their, their talk about the temple and the temple and the temple and the temple. And Jesus said, I tell you, there's one here greater than the temple. Greater than the temple. Understand that he's greater than the temple. And notice here, uh, we, as we look a little further down in Matthew 12 and verse 41. Matthew 12 and verse 41. The men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas was here, is here. I want you to understand tonight. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. Search the scriptures. God didn't say just lick on them. He said search them. Search them, search them, search them, search them. The Bereans were more noble than others in that they searched the scriptures. And you need to be searching the scriptures. I don't know if you've ever been searched or not. I've been over in the Holy Land and down there in the Jordanian area. And they take and they feel all down your legs. And they make you pull off your shoes. That's been going on for years. Not the airlines picked up on it some time ago. But I want you to know I've seen them make women who had beautiful hairdos and had their hair up like that in a French roll or something. And just drop it, lady, drop it. And then they say, and a lady over and they run their fingers through their hair to make sure they're not hiding anything. They, they've x-rayed the heels of my boots to make sure they weren't full of diamonds or something. And I'm telling you, they search, they search. I've seen them stand there and cut the top out of a briefcase that cost several hundred dollars and, and, and just hand it back to the guy with the top gone. Uh, and, uh, you know, they say, look, we had one of those blow up here just exactly like this when it killed two of our, of our men here at the border. Uh, and they just do it. They just do it. And, and they made one guy I saw there, and he had a big bunch of clothes, and they made him get there. And he had to go around the seams of everything he had and, and feel the seams there. And he was there for hours, and they don't care. I, don't you know their search? I'm not talking. Uh, about the dear friend just, just you know what they do at the airport uh, and got this little machine and all of that uh, and, and understand tonight the Lord Jesus said look Jonas was a prophet that's what he said and the Sanhedrin I'm talking about the smartest people in Israel I'm talking about the religious order of the Sanhedrin and they said no prophet no prophet has ever come out of Galilee no prophet you know why they didn't study they forgot to search the scriptures they just, they, they just listened to what somebody had to say that the Bible says Look, no, understand, you need to search the scriptures to see if these things be so. Now, listen, here's Jonah, and the, go back to the book of Jonah sometime, verse 1, chapter 1, and it says, Jonah, the son of Amittai. Look up Amittai. Amittai was a Zebulonite of the tribe of Zebulun. Now go and look at Joshua, divide the land. 
and he comes to the tribe of Zebulun. Watch now. And he goes over to the Mediterranean Sea and he draws a line straight across to the Galilean Sea and gave that land to the Zebulunites. Jonah was from Galilee. And it says he was a prophet. But the Sanhedrin said there's never been a prophet come out of Galilee. And Jesus said, I'm telling you. And he used Jonah uh, as, a, as a, a, a way to reveal a truth. He said, as Jonah was, so shall I be. As Jonah was, so shall I be. You ought to look at that. You ought to really think about that. Because if Jonah wasn't dead, Jesus wasn't dead. You better think about that. As Jonah was, so shall I be. If Jonah wasn't dead, Jesus wasn't dead. But I tell you, Jonah didn't live in the whale. He died in the whale. I can show you that till tomorrow morning. He died inside of that whale. When the water compasses you, even to your soul, you have drowned. He didn't go down uh, to the, the bars of hell. He went down to the bottom of the mountains and the bars of earth was around him. Jonah then went down to hell and so did your Savior according to Acts chapter 2. If Jesus didn't go to hell, you'll have to. But he went to hell to pay for our sins and to defeat Satan on his own territory and read the book of the Revelation and he took from Satan the keys of life and death. And he said, now they're in my hands. And I want you to understand that he said, there's one here greater than Jonas. And then notice, if you would please, that the men of Nineveh shall rise in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonas. And behold, a greater than Jonas is here. The queen of the south shall rise up in judgment with this generation and shall condemn it for she came from the uttermost parts of the earth to hear the wisdom of Solomon. And behold, a greater than Solomon is here. Solomon, the wisest man that ever lived. Solomon, who couldn't be stumped. I mean, it said this queen came up from down there. She traveled 2,000 miles in an open-top chariot to go and ask Solomon some questions. And you can believe that she got all of her magicians together and all of her wise men together. And for months and months they went over and she drilled herself and drilled herself with the greatest questions that you could possibly ask anybody. And she went to Solomon and she questioned him and questioned him and questioned him and questioned him. And she said, the half has not been told about how wise you are. The half has never been told, not even the half of it. And all of the things that then spread about Solomon and his wisdom, they couldn't stump him about trees. They couldn't stump him about anything. Dear friend, God had given him a wisdom to understand, but Jesus said, I tell you, one greater than Solomon is standing right here. Get your eyes on who the Son of God really is. Get your eyes on Jesus Christ, my friend, and recognize him for who he is. He's not some little weak sobbling. Hello, I get so excited about that. Let me tell you something. The man that took my beating at the whipping post of Rome, the man that stood there while they ripped his beard from his face, according to Isaiah chapter 50 and verse 14, or 50, or chapter 50 and verse 6, and his face was beaten unrecognizable as a human because of according to Isaiah 52 verse 14 and they plowed upon his back according to Psalm 129 verse 3 it was like taking a tractor and putting a furrow down a field with that Roman cat of nine tails a leather whip go home and look in your dictionary go home and look in your encyclopedia and look up the Roman cat of nine tails it had thongs on it about this long nine of them and up and down those thongs were planted seashells and glass and razor steel and they brought that thing out and they took the 
Savior's arms and, and that were hooked together and they hooked him up over the Roman whipping post nine feet high, uh, seven feet high and there now he's stretched out. His arms are out of the way and his body is leaning like this that taunts the skin of his back and of his chest and they bring that Roman whip and that big executioner comes and he lays it on his back and it wraps around and peels his chest and not nine not 18, not 27, not 36 or 45 or 54 or 63 or 72 or 81 or 90 or 99. I want you to understand 300, 351 of those were across his back. Many men died at the same whipping post because their insides rolled out through the slits in their skin when they got through with that. No, don't you convince me tonight. Don't you even try to convince me tonight that the namby-pamby Jesus. I'm talking about a man. I'm talking about a carpenter who had dug foundations down to solid rock. I'm talking about a carpenter that labored with his daddy until he was 30 years old and those big hands of his had peeled the bark of tree after tree. They made their own beams. They didn't have subcontractors. When they built something, they built it from the basement up. Understand tonight. He said one greater than Solomon is here one greater than Jonah is here one greater than the temple is here then notice if you would in John chapter 4 please the book of John and chapter 4 and I call your attention to the fourth John 4 and verse 12 John chapter 4 and verse 12 and the Bible says in verse 12 Art thou greater than our father Jacob, which gave us the well and drank thereof himself and his children and his cattle? Jesus answered and said unto her, Whoever so drinketh of this water shall thirst again. But whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. But the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. He's greater than Jacob. Oh, you're greater than our father Jacob. He said, I tell you, this is a wonderful well, but you'll thirst and you'll thirst and you'll thirst, dear lady. But I want you to understand he was talking to this harlot. Why is she there at noon? Why the ladies came in the evening, study the, the scriptures and see that when the servant went to get an, uh, a wife for Isaac, that Rebecca came in the evening and they come in the morning, but not at noon. The harlots came at noon because they didn't want to see the other ladies or have to put up with the other ladies uh, making fun of them because they were harlots. And here she is, and this harlot is here to get some water. And Jesus looked at her and he told her, you know the man you're living with, you're not even married to, and you've had five men that you call your husband. And oh, understand this evening. He said, I want to tell you something ma'am one greater than Jacob is here one the greater than Jacob I'll give you some water and you'll never thirst and I want you to understand tonight that in 1955 and the first Sunday of December God looked down at a dirty little rat named Tom Williams whose mouth was so filthy that all field workers and cowboys would ride with me a little ways and then they'd just say please stop let me walk just let me walk you make me feel filthy just with your mouth I mean I had the dirtiest mouth you could imagine and far even greater than you could imagine imagine and I want you to know that I met the master I met the savior in San Angelo Texas that morning and I want you to know that he washed me and he cleaned me up and he made me whiter than the driven snow do you know how snow is made the water falls down water is heavier than air that's why it comes down out of the sky and then it comes down it picks up a little grain of sand as you might well know if you don't there's a dust band around the earth and when that water passes through that dust band it picks up a speck of dust that's why there's no two snowflakes alike because there's no two specks of dust alike and dear friend as they come down and those snow oh boy it looks beautiful doesn't it but I want you to understand that in every snowflake is a speck of dirt 
In every snowflake is a speck of dirt. But I want you to stand, understand this night that this man that was a sinner, this man that was lost, undone and going to hell, I don't even have the speck. I don't even have the speck. Read the Bible. I'm whiter than the snow, the Bible says. Oh, made that way pure by Jesus Christ and he shed blood for my sins that washes whiter than snow. Listen to Isaiah 118. Come now and let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be whiter than the snow. Whiter than snow. Then he goes on to say, if they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. Oh, that's a wonderful portion of scripture. I want you to understand. Listen, listen. Listen to what he's saying. He, you know, he said, "If you're, you know, I, I don't, I, I, I wish people that wrote songs would read the Bible first. Uh, you know, and, and on the Jericho Road, there's room for just two. I've been on the Jericho Road. You can stand forty people shoulder to shoulder across the Jericho Road. No, there's room for more than just two. Okay." And Lord, build me a cabin in the corner of glory land. Oh, God, deliver us. There's no cabins in heaven. They're mansions bought with the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so here's one greater than Jonah. Here's one greater than Solomon. Here's one greater than Jacob. And boy, he's just jerking the rug out from under Israel. He's taking the temple away from him. He's taking Solomon away from him. He's, he's just going down the road. And, and notice the next one. Oh, this is the killer for the Jews. Notice what it says in John 8. John 8. And uh, chapter, excuse me, verse 53. John 8. And verse 53 in your Bible tonight. And oh, he's fixing to just pull the rug clear out from under the Jewish nation. Notice what he says. Art thou greater than our father Abraham, which is dead? And the prophets are dead. Who makest thou thyself? Jesus answered, if I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my father that honoreth me, of whom you say he's your God. Yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I should say I know him not, I shall be a liar like unto you. But I know him, and I keep his sayings. Your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day, and he saw it and was glad. Then said the Jews unto him, Thou art not yet fifty years old, and hast thou seen Abraham? Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, before Abraham was, I am. Before Abraham was, I am. You say, well, when did Abraham see Jesus? Oh, let me tell you about that. I'm glad you asked. Abraham, God's come to him in Genesis 22. And he said, take thy son, thine only son Isaac. He didn't even recognize Israel's birth. He said, thine only son Isaac. And I want you to travel three days uh, over here to a mountain called Moriah. And he did that. And the, only, the old man, <laughs> I love this. The old man in Genesis 22 uh, and, and verse 1, God said, take your son, thine only son Isaac. And verse 22 said, the old man began to chop wood. He began to chop wood for the sacrifice. Oh, God, help us tonight. When God says, do something, do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Do it. Huh? Yeah. Don't argue with it. Don't try to reason. Just do it. Just do it. And, and here he said, are you greater than our father Abraham? Jesus said, I tell you, before Abraham was, he saw my day and rejoiced. And so here's Abraham. They get to Mount Moriah. He's got the wood on the donkey. He takes the wood off the donkey and puts it on Isaac's back. Now the donkey's not carrying our burden. Isaac is. Picture of Christ carrying the cross. Because if you read your Bible in First Chronicles and chapter 3 of your Bible, it says Mount Moriah of the Old Testament is Mount Calvary of the New Testament. Same mountain. Same mountain. And here, he's tartans up the hill, and, and here's Isaac, and he said, Daddy, we've been out a lot of times like this uh, to sacrifice, but we've always had a sacrifice. 
We've always had a lamb or a goat to give to God. And, and, and they died. And we came back home to mother, all right. But, Daddy, here's the fire to start the wood with. And here's the knife to perform the sacrifice with. Uh, but, but, but what are we going to sacrifice? And that old man, he, by faith, he said God will provide himself the sacrifice. And they go on up the mountain. Well, over on the other side of the mountain, there's an angel pushing a ram. And he's pushing him up there and pushing him up there. And he shoves that ram's head into a thorn thicket. I've been to Jerusalem. Those thorns are three and a half inches long. And they're just like a needle on the end. And he shoved that ram's head in there. And that ram thought he would pull back. But then he thought, that's not a good idea. Because those thorns began to bury into his head. And Abraham, he's got Isaac now. He hasn't told him until right now. Son, I'm going to sacrifice you. God asked me to. But I promise you, I promise you, even though I'm going to kill you, God's going to raise you from the dead. And we're both going back to mama. We're both going home together. You're a parent tonight. So live, so live that your children can believe you know God. So live, granddad, that your grandchildren can believe you know God. And here is Abraham. And he said, Isaac, God's going to raise you from the dead. As sure as I'm going to kill you, he's going to lift you up. And so he takes and he binds Isaac's feet. And he stretches him out across this rock altar they had built. And then he steps across Isaac's body, just like he would one of the sheep. And then he reaches down and he gets Isaac's hair just like he would the wool of the sheep. And he pulls Isaac's head back till their eyes meet. That's the way they did sheep. They pulled it back till the eyes of the sheep met their eyes. And then they knew that the jugular vein was as tight as it was going to go. And then they would reach under and take that knife and slit the jugular vein. And the sheep bled like it ought to bleed completely empty. And he reached for the knife. And he pulled Isaac's head back. And at that point, he heard this noise. And that old man turned. And he looked up the mountain. And Mount Moriah is the same mountain as Mount Calvary. And right where that ram's head was stuck in that thorn thicket, God moved forward nearly 2,000 years and showed the cross to that old man. And on the cross was God's son. Listen to the Holy Spirit, how careful he is. That ram's head was stuck in a thorn thicket so was Jesus' head stuck in a thorn thicket. And when that old man saw that, he come unglued. He's about 125 years old. And when he saw that, he said, he saw my day and rejoiced. That old man cried, Jehovah, Jehovah. In the mount. Of God, they're going to see it. But you know what Jesus said? There's one greater than Abraham standing in front of you. Standing in front of you is one greater than Jonah, greater than the queen of the south, greater than Solomon, greater than the temple 
Uh, please understand that he's greater than Jacob. He's greater than Abraham. And then we notice tonight as we look at, at the, the book of Psalm 110 and verse 1. Psalm 110 and verse 1. And you turn back there, please, for a moment. And the Psalms is right in the middle of your Bible, right in the middle. And you go there and you'll come to Psalms. And look, please, at Psalm 110 and verse 1. And the Bible says, The Lord said unto my Lord, The Lord said unto my Lord, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. You see, David said, I see my Lord sitting at the right hand of my Lord. He knew Jesus Christ. He knew Jesus Christ. I see my Lord sitting at the right hand of my Lord. Read your Bible. Read the book of Psalms uh, or the book of Hebrews chapter 1 verse 3. And he sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. Who's sitting there? Jesus Christ is sitting there, my friend. One greater than David. David was great and he knew the Lord. You know, you, you go back and read your Old Testament. Ezekiel said, I see him coming in clouds of burnished gold. Go all the way back and the sixth from Adam or the seventh from Adam. And you know what he said? He said, I see him coming with ten thousands of his saints. Daniel said, I see him coming with 10,000 times 10,000. And you can go through the Old Testament. And David knew him. And Micah knew him. And my friend, the, the, so many in the Old Testament knew him. They knew Jesus Christ. They saw him. They looked forward to his coming as we look backward to the fact that he did come. I want you to understand, dear friend, there's one greater than Abraham, greater than the temple, greater than Jacob, greater than Abraham. And notice what he says here. And then there's one greater than David. Oh, David was the greatest king that ever walked the face of the earth. A man after God's own heart. Oh, how the Jews swore by David. Oh, nobody liked David. But now there's one greater than David. Look at John chapter 5. Would you go back over to the book of John and look at chapter Five with me for a moment in John 5 and verse 46 verse 46 for had you believed Moses you would have believed me for he wrote of me but if you believe not his writings how shall you believe my words you know going down the road uh, there uh, in the 24th chapter of the book of Luke he's going down the road uh, with not two men not two men not two men, a man and his wife. His name is Cleophas, and he was married to the sister of Mary, the mother of Jesus, and this was really his uncle, and they're going down the road. You say, how do you know it was a man and his wife? Well, Jesus isn't going home with two men had to spend the night. Amen? Yeah, okay. You know, and they invited him to supper. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh. Well, anyway. He's greater than Moses. For had you believed Moses, you would have believed me. And walking down the road to Emmaus, he taught them uh, everything from the Psalms, from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy from the law. He, he started them from, from the Psalms. And, and he went all through that. Ooh, what a, I, that that's one Sunday school lesson I would have been glad to attend. Uh, amen. Uh, and the Son of God is teaching all about himself and how he's mentioned in all of the scriptures. Uh, and greater than Moses. Oh, how they swore by Moses. But he said, I'm greater than Moses. I'm greater than Aaron. Uh, you go back to Psalm 110 and verse 4, and I'll not go there the Lord has sworn and will not repent thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek the, the Arianic priesthood had to be renewed and renewed and renewed and they had to pray uh, every year and ask God to forgive the sins of Israel and if God accepted the high priest offer, offer uh, then uh, th their sins were swept under the rug it was like a, a loan at the 
bank that you don't have to pay off. It's just uh, whatever you put down keeps the pressure off. Uh, and God said, sweep them under the rug, sweep them under the rug. Uh, and next year you got to come do the same thing, same thing, the red heifer and all of that. And uh, But, you know, I want you to understand when the Son of God took his blood and you don't need to worry about the Catholic Church having any of it. You don't need to worry about some of it on a shroud somewhere or on something else. He gathered every drop of his blood up and he went yonder to the glories in Hebrews chapter 9 and 10 and he took his blood and he passed in front of the mercy seat of heaven which is the real mercy seat of which Moses was only a foreshadow and he went there and he took his high priest his blood and he passed seven times before the mercy seat sprinkling it every time and on the seventh time he went to his knees and the father said once and forever not one year not one year once and forever and ever since that hour we've been able to cry back to the to the to the next generation back and the next generation and just like they did at the tabernacle they got as close as they dared get the people that got up the earliest got the closest and when that high priest came out uh, came in there he had on this outer garment and it had a pomegranate and a bell and a pomegranate and a bell and those little bells were tinkling and ringing but he, there couldn't be any sound in the Holy of Holies so he had to take off that outer mountain and lay it down and he went in there in total silence and if God didn't accept the high priest's offering that he died that's why they fastened a rope to his leg so they could pull him out because nobody else could go in to the Holy of Holies without dropping dead and so he went in behind those badger curtains and he got back there and he passed and made his offering God said I accept and he come out and put on that outer mountain and he began to walk and the bells began to ring and the closest ones could hear the bells ringing they knew the high priest had come out alive they knew God had accepted and you know what they did they turned around here's two and a half million Jews in the desert that's a pretty far crowd and there's hundreds and hundreds of people deep and they turned around and cried back redeemed redeemed God has accepted until it reached the outer limit. And that's my job and my pastor's job and your job at work and your job where you live. Redeemed, redeemed, God has accepted. And then, if you would notice, please, John 14. John 14. And here you will see the greatest humility of ever. Jesus humbled himself to the death of the cross. And Jesus Christ, after saying, I'm greater than Solomon, I'm greater than Moses, I'm greater than Aaron, I'm greater than the temple. Watch his humility and what the Bible says concerning that is in the 10th chapter, the John 14, excuse me, in John in chapter 14, and in verse 28, he said this, you have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice, because I said, I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. My father's greater than I am. John 10, John 10, he said this. He said, my father is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them from my father's hand. The humility of the son, as he refers to his father, he said he's greater than I am. You know, the greatness of the God of heaven is that he sent his son, his only begotten son, and sent him to walk in flesh for 33 years without sin, without any sin, without any sin. And he who knew no sin became our sin, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Oh, tonight, tonight, 
if I stood here till my tongue ceased to work and until my body dropped from exhaustion, I could not tell you of the greatness of the Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. God incarnate. Oh, tonight, love the Savior. Love the Savior. Study his greatness. Admire him. Admire him. Brag on him to your friends. Brag on him to your kinfolks. Brag on him everywhere you go because you can't brag too much about Jesus Christ. You can't overbrag his strength. You can't overbrag the way he lived without sin. You can't overbrag the one who is greater than the temple and greater than Solomon and greater than Aaron and greater than Jacob and greater than the queen of the south and on and on and on and on and on. I want you to know he's greater. Admire him. Love him. Brag on him. Brag on him. And tell the father, thank you for your son. Thank you for sending your only begotten for us. Thank you for shrouding him in human flesh and caused him to walk before yourself until you looked down and said, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. You want to please God the Father? Love God the Son. Love God the Son. Love God the Son. Oh, I tell you how God will bless you if you will just admire his wonderful, beloved Son. Wednesday, uh, today at noon, we, we talked about, Mrs. Uh, uh, Shook asked a question about the second coming of Christ and where do I see the situation. And I talked to the Lord quite a while this afternoon. And on Wednesday night, I'm going to preach on the return of Christ. Uh, and I don't do that very often. Uh, but I'm going to preach on the coming of the Lord and where we are in the situation right now with the Israeli, Israeli war going on. And I'm going to show you what the Bible has to say. Invite your friends. Invite your friends. And come Wednesday night. Come uh, you know, come Wednesday night. No service tomorrow night. Uh, no service here Tuesday night. But Wednesday night, come back. Tuesday night, be praying for the Spanish church and my message for the Spanish people. Uh, and uh, I trust that tonight you will love, admire, and bow before Jesus Christ, the eternal, everlasting Son of the living God. Our Father tonight, I've done all I know to do to promote your son and to promote you as he promoted you. And so I tonight, I ask that the altar be full, the aisles will be crowded with people who are glad to bow their knees and worship such a one as Jesus Christ, the righteous. In his name we pray it all with thanksgiving. Amen.